awesome. And our only goal with this podcast is to help you feel more awesome each time you listen. Whether it's by laughing at us, laughing with us, or learning something new and helpful, we hope you feel a tad more empowered, lightened up, and awesome than you did before. Uh, I'm here with the one, the only, the sexy, the talented. You were distracting me by bobbing your head along with what I was saying. Mr. Eric Robertson. (sighs) Has that spindrift. You heard it. You know, Spindrift was like messaging me on Instagram and I thought we were going to be friends. And then they ghosted me. I'm pretty sure it's the virus. I know. I think they're pretty busy. But still, I was really excited. I'm feeling really special about myself. Spindrift is like a flavored water. It's not sponsored. We're not sponsored. Yet. Yet. (laughs) We are so excited to have you here. This is a really important episode to me. You guys help me. You guys help me create it. I feel like this episode is going to do a lot of good. I felt some resistance around this episode. Like it was something that I wanted to do, something I was excited about. And then when I went to go do it the last few times, I've been like, "Eh, I'll do it later. Or maybe I don't really need to do it. Today, I recognized it for what it was. I was like, no, I actually am in a really good mood. I feel really empowered. Me feeling that way about this is just resistance. And I feel like there's resistance around it because I think it's a really important thing that's going to really serve and help a lot of people. I get pretty emotional just thinking about it because this is episode 125. I'm going to help you stay alive, but this is what to do when you don't want to get out of bed. And the reason why this is a important topic to me is because over the last couple months, especially as we've been in quarantine, towards the beginning of quarantine specifically, I had a really, really hard time getting out of bed. I've had different periods and episodes my whole life where I've struggled getting out of bed. I know that that means something different to everyone. So I actually want to start first by talking about like, what do I mean you don't want to get out of bed? Then I want to talk about being kind to yourself and some awesome stuff there. And then I actually have four four steps because you know I love a step-by-step action you love, plan. You love step-by-step. I love it. And then I did a survey on my Instagram stories and got dozens and dozens and dozens of responses of people's tips and the different things that they do when they can't get out of bed. And I'm going to share those with you guys. And so I think this will be an important resource because maybe it's something you can listen to when you don't want to get out of bed. Maybe it's something you can share with somebody who's having a hard time getting out of bed I'm so excited for that. One thing that I'm doing next week specifically that I want to tell you guys about is I'm going to be doing a journal-a-thon. So that is going to be happening... May 11th through the 15th, I have my I'm Doing Awesome journal. It launched about a month ago, and you guys are loving it. I made it for you. I made it for me. It's a quick two-minute practice, and I'm doing a -a journal-a-thon, meaning every day we're going to be doing our journal together, sharing about it on Instagram. We're going to have prizes every day. And then on top of that, I'm going to be doing a live free mini course on overcoming overwhelm, which is something that, again, by talking to this beautiful community, we realized together that that's something that could serve a lot of people. So we're going to have a link to sign up for that. And you can get five free journal pages. If you don't have the journal yet, or you're waiting on your journal, you can get five free journal pages. So we're going to put a link to that 
in the episode description. And if you're listening to it after the fact, I'll probably leave it up so you can get the five free journal pages. But I'm really excited to be doing that. It relates because I know that it's something that can help people get out of bed. Okay, so let's get right into it. Eric, you know, you and I are so different. And when I say can't get out of bed, I know you know what that looks like for me. But do you ever experience that? What does that feel like for you? So I don't really have mornings where I just want to stay in bed. I mean, I do when I'm tired and if I didn't sleep well, but I can't think of any time that because of depression, which I've experienced before, I just have never felt like I wanted to stay in bed. So I don't totally relate. I We talked about that just right now. And Eric's like, I don't want to share that. <laughs> Why didn't you want to share it? I, I felt a little guilty not relating to that. Well, I think, which is so sincerely kind because I think the reason you feel that way is because you watch me like feel like I can't get out of bed and I know that you really believe it to be like a true feeling rather than I'm just being lazy and I don't want to get out of bed. I just, I wanted to encourage Eric to share that. Thank you for sharing that because there's a lot of people who, when I say what to do when you don't want to get out of bed, think about feeling tired or lazy or maybe sleepy, like they didn't get a good rest. And then there's those of you who, when I say don't want to get out of bed, like me, I'm thinking can feel like it's almost like a tiredness in your bones, a fog over your mind, an inability to even want to lift your arm, lift a finger. For me, I know that it's getting to a point where it's pretty severe when I can lay in bed without watching anything, without reading anything, without looking at my phone and kind of just stare at the wall. <laughs> like that's for me that's a pretty low depressive episode when I literally just don't want to move and I don't even care enough to try to do anything to stimulate my brain. So I got a lot of responses of people saying it's not an option for me. I just get out of bed. I want to address like everybody's coming at life from a different scenario. So I got responses from single parents who said, I don't acknowledge it as a choice because I'm a single parent and I don't have that choice. And I got single parents who said, I'm a single parent. And so I give myself like one day and then I get back to it. And I have other people who say, I just don't do it. I do what Mel Robbins says. And I love Mel Robbins, her five second rule. And she has her, you go five, four, three, two, one, and you get out of bed. But if you're in a situation where either you're you're really depressed or you're really struggling with something, or maybe you're kind of like me, where I want to rebel against that, I'll be in my bed. And I'll be like, five, four, three, two, one, screw you, Mel Robbins. Like... <laughs> I get like really defiant about it. And P.S. by the way, I'm obsessed with Mel Robbins. I do use 54321 to jump out and do things sometimes. But then other times I'm in I'm in a place where it really, it just makes me feel worse. And so I've talked to my therapist. I've talked to other counselors. I've talked to lots of people. Like I do, I started to think there must be some right, correct thing to do when you don't feel like you can get out of bed. 
like all things in life, there's not, I don't think, and yeah, I'm feeling really confident about this after talking to so many people, there's not one correct right thing to do or not to do. And so what I wanted to share with you is what has worked for me after talking to lots of professionals, but also talking to just a lot of humans, what works for other people. But I wanted to offer you this four-step assessment, this four steps you can kind of take yourself through, or maybe you could help take a loved one through. With this type of episode, I love to remind you guys, not that you need reminding, but just I'm not a therapist. (laughs) I don't have any degree. I just love observing humans and talking to people. I love reading philosophy. Speaking of, this is from Lao Tzu, the author of The Tao Te Ching. He says, when nothing is done, nothing is left undone. And I've been thinking about that a lot lately. When nothing is done, nothing is left undone. In our society, in our culture, we glorify getting things done and being task-oriented so much. We glorify achieving and hustling and pushing and forcing. I mean, it's the American dream. It's the end-all, be-all. But inaction sometimes is the best action. Inaction is an action. This idea of when nothing is done, nothing is left undone, I've been applying this to my work lately where I have some time, I have some space. Normally, I would throw a big event or I would throw some sort of large gathering that would take all of my time and all of my energy. And I don't have that option right now to throw a large event. So it's been kind of crazy to watch myself and see what I do when I have some space in my work schedule because things got canceled, rearranged, changed, quarantine, right? And I've been applying this principle of when nothing is done, nothing is left undone. And because of this, I've given myself so much space to create and so much space to serve. I think sometimes when it's on maybe a little bit more of a mild scale or even when it's on a more severe scale, your body or your mind saying, I'd like to stay in bed is your body, your mind, your awareness trying to communicate with you that you would like a break, that it would like a break, that it would like you to slow down. And I think because maybe you're like me, maybe you're not like me. Eric doesn't have this tendency as much. I live in such extremes. I live in, oh my gosh, I'm going to go all the way or oh my gosh, I'm going to stop. And I think that that even with social media, with television, like we are just so polarized, even in our politics in this country, we are so freaking polarized. You go or you stop. But what about the option of slowing down. Maybe that's what you need. Maybe that's what collectively as a world we needed. And that's happening right now is this slowing down. When you're in bed, when you feel like you can't get out of bed, but let's apply this. If, if this doesn't relate to you, if this doesn't relate, maybe think of when you're procrastinating. Maybe think of when you're overwhelmed. Maybe think of when you really want to get something done, but you're not getting it done. Okay, that's this is like a universal situation. So let's apply these four steps to that if getting out of bed doesn't resonate with you. Like you're like, maybe you're more like Eric. You're like, I don't have a hard time getting out of bed. So many mornings I watch Eric get out of bed and just get up and get dressed and I'm 
I watch him in awe. I'm like, how is he so committed to just being awake and already getting dressed? Like you literally get out of bed and get dressed. I would have been a good farmer. You are a good farmer. You're crushing our yard lately. Well, this is the thing I was thinking, why do I want to get up in the morning? And I'm always excited to either like to go check on like the garden or go check on plants or to go see what's happened Did you overnight. get any eggs from the chickens? Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited to like feed chickens, feed the turtles. I, if I've done a project the night before, I'm excited to, to get up and see if, if the glue or paint dried. I'm always excited to see what happened overnight. Well, you know, I think you have have an advantage too because so many people especially during quarantine they their reason for getting out of bed has always been school or work or some side of, sort of outside commitment and that reason for getting out of bed might have been taken away so i think a lot of people maybe might be finding themselves in a new situation but you have been self-employed for a long time. I mean, and even before you were self-employed, you worked a funny schedule. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you managed offices and traveled around and your schedule was really flexible for the most part. Now, I've also been self-employed for a long time, but before the pandemic, I had realized I had gotten myself into a position where I took the kids to school and I did an early workout class because when I had those deadlines, I did a lot better. And then those got taken away and some really, really hard things happened back to back and then the pandemic. So it was hard things and the pandemic and quarantine and my schedule got taken away. I just, I couldn't get out of bed. Maybe this is a new situation for you, not being able to get out of bed. I think it's your personality. Also, just you've found reasons to get out of bed, but you've also created a life around where you don't have to have an outside obligation. Right. And so you've you've set yourself up for success that way. This is a good tip though, I'm thinking. I would tell this to any of my friends. If you have a south-facing window, get a couple plants and watch them grow. It's so fun. Like outside? No, like if in your, if you're in an apartment or house. Yeah, get a, get a couple plants. So you plants. want to check on your plants in the morning? Well, I always do. I always love walking around the yard and like puttering around and just seeing like <laughs> what's doing well, what's not, pulling some weeds. Yeah. yeah it's so fun. I would, yeah, get a plant or two. It gives you a sense of purpose. It, it gives you a sense of purpose. Without a lot of pressure. That's not as much pressure as saying I'm going to... Well, don't, don't get a puppy. Don't do the puppy Okay, thing. well, we're not into tips yet. We're not oh. into tips yet. Well, I am. Hold so. your applause. Okay, so this is my four steps that I was thinking of. And the first one is assess the situation. Is this a habit? Is this based on circumstances? Is this a cycle? Is this unnecessary suffering. And what I mean by unnecessary suffering is if this is something that's reoccurring and happening and is something you're fighting with for weeks or uh, I hope not but months, that's unnecessary suffering. Because that means instead of getting help, instead of going to a doctor, instead of going to a therapist, instead of reaching out for help, you are continuing to allow yourself to suffer. And I have so much empathy for that because that's what I do. Because I think this will get better and this will be okay. And so my tolerance for my own anxiety, my tolerance for my own suffering is unhealthy. I allowed myself to have anxiety attacks every day for for months before I went and got any sort of help. And then I'll talk to a friend and she she has an anxiety attack and she goes to the doctor the next day. And I'm like, that's so much healthier, honestly, because she's not allowing herself to suffer beyond. And I'm not saying that going to a doctor or getting help is going to magically take away your suffering, but at least you're on a path. At least you're on a path. And so assess the situation. Is this something that happens 
cyclically. So for me, it happens with my period. So I've noticed, like I've said this before, and you guys have asked for an episode and I still need to learn more about it, but I have PMDD. I have really severe PMS and there's usually one or two days or nights a month that I really can't get out of bed in the morning and I ha- and I don't sleep. Like sometimes I'll go like two full nights with like only a couple hours of sleep because I just cannot even with medication get my body to sleep. I go, now I realize this is hormonal. And so I kind of have like a routine in place around that those one or two days and some months it's better and some months it's worse. And so I think just like assessing the situation, is this a habit? Okay, I had this fight with so-and-so, this happened, I feel uncomfortable about this. Oh, I'm realizing when that happens, then then it's hard for me to get out of bed. We're not labeling any of it as good or bad. We're not saying that one is more valid than the other. I think it's just really helpful to try to take a look and ask yourself, is this a habit? Is this circumstantial? The reason I couldn't get out of bed was because (laughs) my schedule got changed, the world got turned upside down, and then I had some really hard crap that was really sad and really rough. I didn't necessarily feel like I needed to go and get medication because I could look and see, this is circumstantial, but I did make appointments with my therapist because I was going through a really, really hard time. And then asking yourself again, is this unnecessary suffering? Meaning, have I let this suffering go on too long? What's too long? I would say if you really can't get out of bed for more than a week or two, you gotta gotta reach out to someone. You gotta reach out to someone. You have to, and if you can't reach out to someone, because I've also been there, you have to try to communicate, maybe via text, maybe just send somebody this podcast and say, this is my way of asking for help. This is all I can do right now. And then if you're the person receiving this podcast, you can Google a therapist or a doctor and start sending that person phone numbers. Because that's literally what my mom and Eric have done for me in the past. So step number one was assess the situation. And step number two was take action from love rather than shame. So when you can't get out of bed, so many people shared with me, honestly, Allison, you want to know what I do when I can't get out of bed? I shame myself. I feel guilty. I get even more depressed because I feel even worse that I can't get out of bed. And so many people opened up and were so honest about, I just shame myself. I loved seeing it though. Just as many people said, oh, I actually give myself a break. You can take action from two places. You can take action from frantic, fear, panic, shame, that dark half of the scale, or you can take action from a place of acceptance, love, expansion. It's hard when you're in that low, dark place to have love and light and these positive things I'm saying. So I think what to strive for is awareness just watch yourself. Just awareness. Remember, that's why the first that first step is going to help you do that is put you in that place of awareness, awareness and acceptance. The last couple of weeks, I've been feeling so good. I've been feeling so much better, but I've also gotten angry about some things. I've gotten really angry, like F words, swear, like really angry. And in that anger, I can watch myself and go, ooh, whoa, (gasps) look how angry she is. Oh my, she seems really riled up. Oh, another F word, Allison. Oh my goodness. There's like, because I feel like I'm in this really great place of awareness and acceptance. 
I'm not saying I'm not feeling that anger. I'm not feeling those quote unquote negative feelings, but there's a degree of awareness around them where rather than them completely consuming me. And I mean, I am talking like I feel my adrenaline pumping. I get like amped up, but I still can watch it and say, whoa, you're really angry. That, that must really be something that's striking a chord with you. We can do that when we're in that depressive place. Oh my goodness, I see how low you are. This, there, there must be something really affecting you to bring you this low. That is taking action from a place of love rather than shame. Saying, I have no choice. I have no choice. I have to get out of bed. I'm the only parent. I'm the sole provider. I have no choice. That's actually taking action. I'm, I'm going to say, and you can argue with me, anybody or Eric, like, I think that's taking action from a, a place of lack and fear. I just feel like the language of I have no choice, it makes you feel like a victim. It's not empowering. But I think sometimes people feel empowered, their load. So I could say, I'm depressed. I have no choice. And some people aren't going to agree with that. They're like, you always have a choice, right? When you're depressed, you always have a choice. But you guys, when my body feels that heavy, it, it doesn't feel like a choice. And so I think it's the same thing if you're the sole provider or the sole income provider or the parent, you could stay in bed. You, you really could. Now, what the consequences are, you might not like. But I, I believe that coming at it from a place of, I could stay in bed, but I choose not to because I don't accept the consequences is a more loving place to yourself and more empowering from you do have that choice. For me, even with depression or anxiety, when I feel like it's almost like a chemical or hormonal thing that's, you know, making it hard to get out of bed, I still can say I'm choosing to accept. And I think that's maybe what it is, is maybe it's not thinking I have a choice to do it or not do it, but I'm choosing to accept this reality right now because this is the reality right now rather than fighting against it. And so any of the actions that I'm going to suggest and the little tips I'm going to give you guys in just a minute, I want to encourage you to come at them from a place of love and acceptance. I think coming at them from a place of love is asking yourself, how would I like to feel? How would I hope to live my life? What would I wish for somebody that I loved? And then what could I do for myself to enable some of those things and asking those questions rather than, you know, you don't want to be this fat, lazy, slobby loser, right? That's not love. That's shame and fear and labeling all sorts of things. Why is being fat or lazy bad? Honestly, it's just because we've labeled them as so. They're not inherently bad. They're really not. So, Action from love rather than shame. Just watch yourself. Step number three is conduct some experiments. Conduct some experiments. So this is this is from my therapist. I loved this where I was talking to him about my PMDD. And I was like, but I, I really like, I feel like you're being a jerk because I feel like you're not acknowledging that like I can't, I physically can't get out of bed or I physically can't do this. And you're just brushing it off. And he's like, I'm sorry. Sometimes I'm a jerk. <laughs> and my therapist and I, we have a loving, a loving relationship. He's like, sometimes I am being a jerk. He's like, what if you think about it as an experiment where, okay, this week I'm going to stay in bed and I'm going to allow myself to do this. But maybe next month I'm going to try this and see which one. He's like, so rather than you're just staying in bed and you're beating yourself up for it, stay in bed and have the experiment and see if you like the results. 
I've actually done this for a few months and I've conducted the experiment that on like a few days of my period specifically, I let myself stay in bed till about noon or one. And Eric is a champ and sometimes Fiona crawls on me the whole time. And sometimes that means that Fiona watches Drag Race. I'm just going to be really honest with you. I don't have the older kids watch it. We watch the men in the pretty dresses. And I realized that just allowing myself to stay in bed till about noon or one, I actually don't stay in bed all day. I get up around noon or one. And so I just accept that. And it's part of it was part of my experiment. But I wouldn't have known, well, I'm actually not going to want to stay in bed all day. I usually only last till about noon or one. But by conducting that experiment, I was able to step number four, then have some protocols in place. So by conducting the experiments, by step number three, by conducting those experiments, you can get some protocols for yourself in place. And so maybe some protocols, like I said, for me is if I'm noticing I can't get out of bed for maybe like a week or every morning is a real struggle, I reach out to my therapist. Eric started helping me when it got really low too. Like Eric helped me get some protocols in place where Eric like physically pulled me out of bed and put me in the car and took me for a drive. And so that's one of my protocols is you know, now is if it gets really low, somebody might have to physically pull me out of bed. And that's okay. That's just how I roll, guys. That's just how we roll over here. No shame. I just sometimes somebody has to pick me up out of bed. And I'm really lucky I have somebody to do that. So I wanted to share with you for step number three, conduct some experiments. I wanted to share with you some of the awesome things that you guys shared, what you do when you can't get out of bed. Some people shared the guilty spiral, the shame. Some people shared that I don't have a choice. I think we've already covered those, maybe a few ways to approach those with more love. So now I want to share some of the things that I think could really help you and that you could experiment once. The first one, a lot of people said, is they just decide to get up for one thing. So people said a lot of different things. Like some people said, well, I know I'm eventually going to have to pee. And so I tell myself, and, and one person was like, I even drink so much water, so I have to pee. And then another person said they finish all the Diet Coke on their nightstand, which I respect. And they're like, I, I pound as much water as I can, or I know I'm going to have to pee. And I tell myself when I get up to pee, then I have to do one more thing. Because I think a lot of us could automatically go to the bathroom and then get back in bed. They use that getting that momentum of having to get out of bed to go to the bathroom to then do one more thing. Other people said the same thing about getting coffee or taking a shower or doing a morning routine or fluffing up the pillows and the sheets. They say, I'm not going to get out of bed. I'm just going to take a shower. And then I can get back in bed. I'm not going to get out of bed. I'm just going to have my coffee. And then I can get back in bed. Most of the people who shared that said, sometimes I actually just get back in bed. And often I do that one thing and then I feel like doing the next thing. Another person said, I act how I want to feel. I think this can come from a place of love. And this can also come from a place of shame. So I think to be careful with this one where it's like, act how I want to feel. The fastest way to change your mood, the fastest way to change your mindset is to move your body. So I will say that if you want to feel better, try to move something. Literally like roll out of bed if you can. Roll to the other side of the bed. But this I act how I want to feel works if your brain is in an okay place. If your brain is not in an okay place, like when I'm truly depressive or or anxious, I'm like, I, I have no choice in the matter. I will die like this. And so that doesn't work for me. <laughs> It doesn't work for me when I'm that extreme, but maybe to get your brain there, move. 
And so a lot of people shared, like, I get out of my bed and I go to the couch. And I loved what this one girl shared. She says, I get out of the bed and go to the couch. And then I stay on the couch all day and I let my kids wreck the house. And, and a lot of people are like, I have no choice. I have a toddler. You guys, take it from somebody who's stayed in bed all day. Like, you can let your toddler crawl on you in bed. I'm not saying that like, this is a good, healthy thing to do all of the time. But, like, you'd be surprised when I got hit by a car and I basically lived in bed. I did have Eric helping, but Eric, you know, had a life and could leave. And, like, you guys, my kids would live in the bed with me. They freaking loved it. They loved living in bed with mom. It was like a party in bed with mom. Even when I was just like staring blankly on my pain medication, they're like, hey, mom, we're in bed with you now. Kids, they can hate, they can handle you being in bed. They're going to be just fine. Now, there's definitely like negative side effects on children that watch their parents go through really, really horrible mental health up and downs. And I hope that motivates you to get help, not from a place of shame, but from a place of that's, you know, I, I try to keep myself not in that place for too, too long, but it's an, it's an inevitability of my life that I'm going to have those episodes. And I just talk to my kids about it. I don't try to hide it. I'm like, hey, listen, mommy feels really low right now. And it's nothing that you did. And you make me so happy, but I just need to be sad in my bed. And it's okay to be sad in your bed. And I have that conversation with my kids. I just try to communicate like there's nothing you did. Sometimes I just get sad and I just need a minute. And they just... They just are so sweet. Another one I wanted to share is from Tia. I'm sure she's fine with me sharing this. She had a kidney transplant. Her body went into sepsis. She's had a lot of health issues. And she said, when I can't get out of bed, so she has these health issues or side effects from the health issues, she says, I bring toys into the bed with me. And I I love how she said that. Another woman said, I have chronic health problems. I can't get out of bed a lot of days. And so I just accept it and realize there will be days when I can get out of bed. I just thought that was so beautiful. Another person said they lay there without screens until they get bored. I loved that one where it's like, hey, you can stay in bed as long as you want. I'm just not going to turn on the TV or look at my phone (laughs) and see how long you want to stay in bed. Another one was I justify it as a depressive episode. And I I love that because that's what I do. That's what I often do is like, hey, this isn't going to last forever. This isn't forever. This is just today. And if it does last a lot longer, we're going to reach out and get help. Another person said, I cry and then ask, how would I nurture a friend? I think that was so beautiful. Another person said, I turn on a meditation. And this is something I've actually been doing recently is I turn on a meditation or I do my journal practice in my bed. So that's what I did this morning is I I felt good this morning, but I was like, before I get out of bed, I'm going to do my journal practice. When I was having a hard time getting out of bed, I put my journal practice on my, my makeup table. So like I wanted to do my journal practice. I had to go to the next room to do it. So just like helping myself change location. So many people said they turn on music. One person specifically said, I turn on the La La Land soundtrack. That soundtrack has gotten me through a lot of hard times, she said. And I love that because she had created a protocol for herself. She had created like a ritual for herself that turning on this specific soundtrack helps her get out of bed. Several people said that they go to Instagram and they go to people who inspire them. I think that that can be helpful for some people and maybe detrimental to some people. Some people say they start doing a gratitude list. They start saying things that are positive that they have to look forward to for the day. Another person said, I call my people. And I loved that so much because that says she she knows who her people are, 
she said her mom, her sister, her best friend, sometimes just laying down in bed and talking to people, having that conversation might be enough to get your energy up to a point where then you you want to get out of bed. I love, love, love this suggestion. Someone said, I rock back and forth to get momentum. Because remember, the, the fastest way to change your mood is to change the, the movement of your body. And that does not mean that you have to exercise. That does not mean you have to go for a run. It means you literally could roll onto the ground and start doing some cat-cow yoga stretches or a down dog or a child's pose or doing some jumping jacks if that doesn't feel too vigorous for you. But I love that rocking back and forth to get that momentum. Somebody else said, I make a list of things I want to do that day. A lot of people said that they decide one thing that they want to do. Like one thing they want to do and they only focus on the on the one thing. And maybe it's something fun like I want to go shopping. And Eric, I think that's what you were talking about where you're like, I have something I want to check on. I have something I'm interested in. Yeah, that's exactly what I was talking about. But do you ever get to a point where, because I can be very excited about things that I'm excited about right now when I feel good, but I lose all interest in them when I get into a depressive state. Do you ever lose interest in those things? Do you feel like you're like, do you ever feel like I just don't care about you today, plant? Yeah. <laughs> like plant, like you're just not enough to get out of bed for. Yeah. I think I get depressed when I'm in bed. So getting out of bed helps me immediately. Like if I just lay in bed all day. I'm so glad you brought that up because I think that's an important part of the experiment. If I stay in bed all day, I'm going to see how I feel at four o'clock. Okay, tomorrow I'm going to get out of bed at this time and see if it if it helps me feel better. I think often rather than thinking I should get out of bed, I better get out of bed. If I stay in bed all day, I'm going to feel bad. Thinking I've done this experiment before. The facts and the science proves <laughs> for me, Allison, when I get out of bed at precisely noon, I am going to have a better rest of the day than when I stay in bed till two or three. Or I'm going to have an easy morning. Like I have noticed lots of mornings when I don't feel excited, I just want to turn on the TV. I just want to turn on the TV. I realized that when I watch TV in the morning that I don't have as intentional of day. So rather than thinking I shouldn't watch TV in the morning, I'm thinking I want to have a more intentional day. So what's something that helps me have a more intentional day? And then I do my journal practice or I do a meditation, or I read a book that is about mindfulness or something. And so I think that's really good because it's like part of the experimenting is rather than just saying staying in bed equals bad, staying in bed equals depressed, to give yourself like an experiment around it so that you know for you truly like what helps you feel better. So you'll like this one because another person said, I try to like get a lot of sunlight in the room. So that's something too is Eric will walk over and like open the window and I'll be like a gremlin. I'll be like, shut the window. Like, <laughs> I don't want light. And a lot of people said, I set a timer. And I love that one too. Like, hey, you can stay in bed. I'm going to set the timer for this many minutes and you're going to stay in bed for this amount of time. And another person said, I let myself be lazy and accept I will be productive another day, which comes back to that concept of acceptance. Now, I'm absolutely positive that there's research and all of the things out there saying that you're going to feel better if you get out of bed. I think that that's absolutely true. Like Eric just said, you're going to feel better if you get out of bed, but this episode wasn't called, you're going to feel better if you get out of bed. This episode <laughs> was called, what to do from a place of compassion, love, empathy, acceptance. What to do when you feel like you just can't get out of 
bed. And if nothing else, I hope you take away that if you feel like you're sinking into your bed and you feel so guilty and you feel shame about it because you're so blessed and you know, you're lucky to even have a bed and you're lucky to even have a warm house, all those things are still true and they can all still be true in your feelings of having a hard time getting your beautiful body out of bed. That's still valid. I'm so grateful for the amount of empathy that I have for this specific situation because I don't know, I feel like it's something people joke about and I feel like it's something maybe people do in passing, but just like being pregnant or having a period or these other like, you know, universal experiences that people can be like, well, it feels this way to do that. It doesn't feel the same for everybody. For some people, they can't get pregnant. For some people, they can't stay pregnant. For some people, they get suicidal when they're pregnant. But it's like a universal experience. And so people expect you to feel the same way they did. And it's like, if you've only had Eric's experience and you've never lived with somebody like me and like watched somebody struggle to get out of bed, it would be hard to understand what somebody else is talking about. Maybe you had a childhood where it felt like somebody in your life just wasn't trying hard enough to get out of bed. And so you might carry that story with you. I know we're all going to have a lot of different stories and a lot of different situations. And so I hope that I've been amply sensitive to to just say you're valid in your experience, you're, you're valid in your feelings. I hope that these four steps assess the situation, take action from love rather than shame, conduct some experiments, and then get some protocols in place for yourself. I hope that those four steps serve you. I hope that some of these ideas just offer you a lifeline. I wish you all the best in your endeavors to either stay in bed and give yourself a break or slow down or to get out of bed. And that's all I have to say about that. You guys have been leaving so many reviews. We appreciate it so much. It helps our podcast. It helps us. Eric, do you have a review for us this week? This is from Heather Nicole 86. She says, the other day while listening, I had to turn it off to pray and thank God for this podcast. Allison, you are what standing in your power looks like. You were made to do this work and change people's lives. Thank you for showing up on unapologetically you and teaching us all how to live, love, and learn. Eric, you bring so much insight and the podcast would not be the same without you. Keep doing the dang thing. Well, that was such a nice review. Why'd you pick one that was going to make me cry so hard? That's how I do. Tell me her first name again. Heather Nicole. Heather Nicole, will you um, shoot us an email to awesomewithallison at theallisonshow.com? We are going to send you some goodies and a huge thank you for that really beautiful review. Thank you for those kind compliments. You used my language to compliment me, which will always get me. Right? Like you use the words I like to use. So it like really speaks to me. So I really appreciate that. You guys are just doing a really good job. I'm really excited for our journal-a-thon next week. So be sure to look for the link for that. Even after the fact, maybe you can get those journal pages to try out to help you find some motivation or a little more intention in the morning. That's the goal with those journal pages with my I'm Doing Awesome journal. Hang in there. Accept help. Reach out for help. Watch yourself with love. Only you can be you, and you're already as awesome as you need to be. What are you going to take us out on, kind sir? Uh, This one's kind of a somber, beautiful, you know, inspirational song. It's called "We Thank You." I did this for uh, one of my uh, one of the club members. It was like uh, she works at a hospital, and so this was put to a video of thanking the healthcare healthcare workers. Oh, yeah. So this is a thank you to healthcare workers. I'm still crying. (laughs) 
over again. Yes, thank you to our healthcare yes. workers. And uh, the song is in my library, so you could license it for your videos. And right now, my library is limited time at $99 a year, which is crazy low. And then on top of that, an extra 20% off, use code Eric. And he gloats every time you use it. I love it. This is We Thank You. <laughs> 